some people think teaching is easy. It's really interesting because people have this perception that anybody can do teaching. And, and, and I, I have a feeling that after this most recent pandemic with a lot of homeschooling happening, I think a lot of people have probably realized that, that it's not an easy job. You know that saying, those who know do and those who don't teach? It makes the teaching profession sound easy. And as many parents and families know by now, teaching is anything but easy. Moving the Needles presents Sewing Change, a podcast exploring change in all of its forms. Change can be small, subtle, and nuanced, and we're here to show you that you can be a change maker wherever you are. I'm your host, Toffee Char, and on the show today, Dr. Troy Regis. Troy is a career educator specializing in mathematics education, cognitive coaching, and educational leadership. He has over 10 years of experience in the United States and 10 years of experience internationally, having lived in Thailand, Madagascar, and Dubai. Currently, Troy lives in the Netherlands and is a lecturer in mathematics education at NHL Stenden University of Applied Sciences. Troy, welcome to Sewing Change. Thanks. Great to be here. I have to start by asking, can I call you Troy for the purposes oh, of this interview? Well, it's probably better than uh, Coach <laughs> or Regis or whatever else. We, uh, the other names we had as we were playing softball together. So, yeah, that's, that's fine. Oh, man. I can't believe it's been a little over a decade now since yep. you were my softball coach. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> Well, Troy, you describe yourself as a career educator, and I wanted to ask if you could tell me what you meant by that and how an educator is different than being a teacher. Yeah, for me, uh, I mean, this journey started back even in high school. Um, I actually had perfect attendance all four years of high school. I loved school. School was my social place. And when I left high school, I immediately went to university. And um, uh, three months into the semester, I went to the College of Ed and I switched my major and immediately became an elementary ed major. Mm -hmm. For me, this was something I knew I wanted to do. I wanted to be in schools. I wanted to be teaching and and learning and and, uh, working with, with students. And it was just something that started from, like I said, from high school. And so it has been a career. And, and I think the big difference when you're a teacher, uh, there's sort of this idea that, that you're the one who just stands at the room at the front of the room and, and you create lessons on specific subjects, then you do testing and Mm -hmm. then you go home and you have, you know, the rest of your life to, to, to live. And I feel like I'm not that. I feel like I'm an educator. I feel like I'm somebody who spends time doing more, like learning about education constantly and, and having earned a PhD in mm-hmm. education. I mean, I spent, at one point, I'd spent more years in school than I had been on the earth. And and so it was one of those things, like I, it was just constantly learning and learning and learning and, and wanting to know more. Mm-hmm. I just think being an educator is a, a much bigger thing because it's about really being a learner of the world mm-hmm. and not just somebody who who teaches a specific subject. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. It sounds like you you knew pretty early on that you wanted to go into education and teaching. 
was there ever a moment that you felt like this path wasn't for you or that you couldn't do something? Uh, no, it's funny because uh, I'm actually teaching international school teachers um, and we just had graduation literally yesterday and our graduates from the program, you know, I, I tell them, look, you're going to get out there in the field and, and those first years, one year, maybe two years, maybe three or four, who knows? It depends, but you're going to have some rough, rough spots. And, and I can remember, you know, leaving with this degree in hand and all excited to go change the world and, and walking into a classroom and just being shell shocked at what I didn't know. Mm. And, and I think that was a really good reality check. It wasn't that I couldn't do it. It was just that it was really the reality of really learning what I needed to know. It was, it was knowing what I didn't know and, and really having it hit me straight in the face. And boy, that first year was a little bit rough. I probably learned more from my kids the first year than they, than they learned from me. Yeah. It sounds like that first year of teaching was a really impactful one for you. Yeah, it was crazy. It was really yeah. crazy. So, What was, I guess, the biggest takeaway that you got from that year? You know, really, really understanding every student comes to you with something. Every mm -hmm. student comes with some thing, baggage or, or um, incredible skill or... And, and as a teacher, we have to mind that. We have to like sometimes dig for those things and find out the good and the bad. And, mm -hmm. and that's what we do. We, we uncover those things and we try and work with students to get them over the challenges and to, to support the things that they're already successful for and so on. And so it's this constant balance of mm -hmm. trying to figure out what every little face in front of you has and, and what do they bring to the table and what can you do to really support them as a learner, as a, a human being, as uh, the pastoral care, the, the social emotional components? Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's all of it. And I think when I got my degree, I was thinking that I would just be standing at the front, you know, talking about math and science and this kind of stuff. But you really realize how important it is to get to know your students. It's about finding those things in kids that you can, you know, really grab onto and, and finding ways to connect with them. And that's what we do. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I respect teachers so much for, for what they do with students because you have to, you know, treat each student differently and really try to see the value and what they bring to the classroom and see them for themselves. And, you know, just as you were talking, I couldn't help but wonder, you know, other for other teachers who are out there, I'm wondering if you have any advice to teachers on how they can, you know, manage teaching in a classroom, but also take care of their, themselves at the same time. Well, I think that's a really important part and it's finding that balance. And uh, I remember when I went to Bangkok and, and was going through new teacher orientation, which new teacher orientation at an international school is completely different than any sort of orientation I'd been through at, at any public school in the U S and I mean, it really, because you come in and, and you're in a living situation with a group of people who have now moved to a foreign country and sometimes nobody speaks the language and everything else. But I can just remember them saying that you have to find that healthy balance because some of these international schools really run at such a, a high level that the, the stress of the, of the admin side of things 
makes it hard to be enjoying what you're doing when you feel like you're constantly being pressured that, that, you know, test scores have to go up and, and the highest students in your class need to be pushed even further. And you at the same time have this very low student in your class and you're trying to meet the needs of everybody involved. And um, I think I also found that, that those differences between low and high in the international school were so much higher and so it was just trying to find that healthy balance of spending as much time as you can to focus on your classroom, but you also have to take care of yourself. And, and that is a very hard thing for new teachers to do. Um, I think the biggest problem is that they come out just so raring to go. And, and I, I would never want to squelch that, that energy. I, I would say give 100% to what you want to do for your job but find a way to give hundred percent to give to yourself as well. Uh, I can remember one of my students coming to school the next day after his house had been shot up in a drive-by hmm. and he had basically crawled into the room of his baby sister who was about three years younger than him. And he was only in fourth grades. So um, he crawled into her room, grabs her, gets her on the floor. They crawl into the bathroom and get into the bathtub because he knew it was the safest place. And the crazy part about it is he shows up to school the next day. And so as a teacher, you've got to take this on too. And you've got to deal with all of this pressure. So there's enormous amounts of pressure to deal with these crazy situations at school. And at the same time, find that balance for yourself. So don't give up. That would be the other thing I would tell students. Don't ever give up because so many people depend on you. There are kids out there who need to connect with adults and we get trained to do this and, 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 basically make them into the next leaders or the next, uh, you know, the, the cure for cancer could be in some fourth graders brain right now. And, and we just need to keep, wow. keep cultivating those kids to come out and keep doing amazing things when they become adults. So that's what our job is. So I think you began to touch on this about, you know, skills that are helpful to have as, as a teacher, being able to turn your turn off and turn on and sort of detach. Do you have any other thoughts on skills that would be helpful to have, you know, to pursue a field of education? Like if there's, if there's a student out there right now who's interested in going down this path, what would you recommend to them? I think, again, this idea that some people think teaching is easy. It's really interesting because people have this perception that anybody can do teaching. And, and, and I, I have a feeling that after this most recent pandemic with a lot of homeschooling happening, I think a lot of people have probably realized that, that it's not an easy job. And uh, I think the thing that you really have to want is you, you want to have, obviously you have to, you have to be able to, to work around, around kids. And I wouldn't, it's funny because people say, well, you have to love kids. I don't think that it's that deep. I don't think that you have to love kids. Like, you know, I'm not a babysitter. It's not like I'm picking these kids up and cuddling them and carrying them around. I'm teaching them. I'm working with them. I'm facilitating learning. I'm, 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 you know, designing tasks that they're doing. I'm problem solving. I'm, you know, making them better human beings. And, and there's so much complexity to it that I think you have to just want to, to be able to do that side of it you do have to like working with people. There's so many things that, that, that you need to be thinking about, but the biggest thing is it comes down to, do you want to work with people? And, and mm. I say that because I don't want people to say, well, oh, I only want to work with 
four-year-olds. Well, unless you've spent 180 days with four-year-olds at eight hours a day, you don't know that you want to do that. And and I would question that people, some people say, you know, I only want to work with that age group. Okay. But have you tried other ages? Check it out. See what you think. So I think that's a really important thing too, is that for anybody going into the field, don't come in and think, I only want to work with fourth grade or four-year-olds or you know, whatever age, go in and, and find out what's the best thing and, and be open, be open to, to trying to figure out what is your area. And there is an area, like you'll find it. I know that when I taught fourth grade, it was probably the lowest grade I wanted to teach simply because I wanted to be able to have some of those deeper conversations with kids. And I didn't feel I could have those at the lower grades. And like I said, the longer I taught, the higher up I went in grades. And yeah, now I would say my target age is middle school. And if I had the ideal classroom, it's grade eight. So, so people have to find their way through that and figure out why they want to go into the profession, but it's really about working with people and it's about wanting to do, uh, to help, to help make yeah. the world a better place. I mean, that's what we do. We, we, we're the, we are change agents. We are the ones who, who develop kids to, to lead the world when they leave the classroom from us. Yeah. Um, it seems like this whole idea around working with people um, is really the heart of it right here. And Troy, I've always wanted to ask this question, but I think it's common knowledge that, you know, no matter who we are or whatever field we're in, there are always going to be people who like us and those who don't like us. So I think this next question is, you know, I think we've been having this conversation in the realm of education, but I think it's applicable to sort of every field out there. But as an educator and as, as a teacher, can you tell when a student doesn't like you and how do you manage that relationship? Uh, well, <laughs> the day I'll call him Michael, the day Michael took a swing at me, I figured that was the day that he didn't like me. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty good indication that, uh, that that was the the case. I mean, it happens. I, I can remember on a, on a, on a job application um, that I was filling out that, it, that one of the questions was something about how would people describe you or what, what would people say about you? And, and I can remember saying something about being a, I think people see me as somebody who builds community. And one of the examples I gave was um, the idea that when I, when I walk in a room and there's 20 people in the room, by the time I leave that room, I'll probably have known or met uh, at least 18 of them and probably will carry on conversations with those 18 in, in some amount of various ways. And I immediately said, and some people would say, well, why not the other two? And my theory is there's just people out there in the world that we don't get along with and we just differ. Our, our, our backgrounds are different. Our beliefs, our philosophies, whatever are different. And it's just the way it is. So as a teacher, it's the same thing. Like there's some kids who you just see them and you say, wow, this is, you know, this is going to be a great human being right here. Like we're, we're really working with, with somebody special. And there's other kids and you're just like, why does this kid constantly drive me up a wall? And, and I don't think kids necessarily do it on purpose, but for the same reason, I mean, we're all human. We all have things that we do differently. And, and there's definitely kids who, you don't get along with it the same way that you do other kids. Yeah. And I think that's okay. I think 
you know, there's some beauty in that as well. Like we can't all be the same. If we were all the same, it would be boring. Um, so I guess that diversity, you know, is also valuable. Yeah. Yeah. So Troy, you've had, you know, over 20 years of experience working with young adults at this point. I want to ask what advice might you have for, for young adults? Not, not necessarily people who might want to go into education, but just, just young adults in general who are still figuring out their identity, who they want to be, still crafting their path. Well, I think I alluded to it earlier. I think the big thing is don't be afraid to make mistakes. I can remember how easy school was for myself. Um, high school was, I mean, I didn't miss a day, so I was there for every lecture. I knew everything that was going to be on the test. When I got to college, I started making mistakes on things because I actually had to study. It wasn't the same. And I think uh, for young people today, I mean, put yourself out there. Try new things. And the one thing, and and, and I know you've heard me say this because this is the advice I would always give on the softball field. You know, don't be afraid to make a mistake, but just don't make the same mistake twice. If you're making the same mistake over and over again, then you're not actually learning from it. Yeah. I also remember the other piece of advice you always gave us was to go out there and have fun. Yep. Yeah. I mean, life is, life is, uh, it can be a very fun thing. And, and I've always said that as a teacher, if I'm not having fun at the front of the classroom, this class is not going to be having fun. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, throughout this conversation, I think you've alluded to the fact that you, you collect these quotes and you share them with your class. Um, I wanted to ask if you had an inspirational book or a, or a quote that you'd like to share with, with all our listeners here. I think from a quote standpoint, um, there's another one that I like to use, especially the first day of with the year ones when they come in. Uh, there's a teacher named Tom uh, Ray Demacher. The quote is, go ask three people who their favorite teacher was in school and watch their eyes and listen to the way they talk about that teacher. And you get to be that. So that's probably the quote I would give. And then uh, there's a couple of books. And I also look like the book uh, Start With Why. And um, yeah, Simon Sinek. Yep, yep. So, I mean, that guy is, he is a thinker. Uh, I think that that one really applies to, to life. Like, why do you do something? Well, here's something you're going to do. And, and the question is why. It's really a great way to gauge why we do stuff. And so I really like that book from a, from a, a, a life standpoint, uh, to be honest, uh, I, every year when my uh, students who, who work on their bachelor's thesis with me graduate, I bought them the book, the little prince, and I give them a copy of the little prince. Um, I also think that that's a powerful book that has some really great messages in it and really, really reminds us to, to think like a kid sometimes and, and to not lose sight of the fact that kids really think about the world in a very different way. And we as adults don't, and, and yeah. we get so into what's right and wrong, or we're so into our own belief of, of this is, we just can't think outside of the box and kids don't come to us that way. And, and they're not that way until we make them that way. And, if we don't ever make them that way and we let them continue to think outside the box, that's a really important piece. So. Yeah. Thank you. I think I'm overdue for a read another read. Yeah. It's just such a great book. (laughs) So. 
Yeah. Well, Troy, thank you so much for, for joining me today. I know even if you, even though you weren't my teacher per se, I can confidently say that you've also had an impact on my life and how I see things. And my mom still smiles every time I mention your name. <laughs> yeah. I still, I still follow her and see her posts of her, uh, her photos jumping around the world. <laughs> I, she puts a smile on my face every time I see it, the next photo. That's so. what she does now. <laughs> I love that Um, but before we end today um, is there anything else that I didn't ask that you'd like to add the whole point of this you know this creating change I think one of the questions that you had sent me or something before was about the the how are you creating change How, how are you moving the needles and I and I think that the one thing I would say about that is being in education our job yeah is always about creating change. Our job is always about educating uh, people to, to think about how to change the world, how, how to make things better. So, um, yeah, I, I think that that's what we do in education is we promote people to make changes, to think differently. And, and, and I hope that's what education is about. I really hope students are still learning to think outside of the box and problem solve and, and take on new things. And like I said, the, the cure for cancer is in some, somebody's head. It, it's there. It's going to happen. It's just, when do we find the absolute cure? And, and when it happens, there's going to be a group of teachers who were in line that helped support that thinking of that student that became the person who found that. And I think that's just something we have to keep thinking about is, we don't know who we're going to teach mm. next. We don't know who that student in front of us is going to turn into. And so we just have to keep working and, and hoping that we're creating those change makers ourselves. That was Dr. Troy Regis and what it means to be an educator and the tremendous value and influence educators have on shaping students' learning, identity, and future. And if you haven't caught on by now, Troy was my softball coach over 10 years ago, and a lot of his lessons and teachings that were sprinkled throughout his coaching have stuck with me until today. When I look back at my softball days, many fond memories float back to me. And among those, I remember having someone who believed in our team, who cared about us as people and as individuals, and who made us feel like we all had something special to offer. Like Troy says, Every student comes to you with something and it's your responsibility as a teacher to mind that and dig for those things. Because of Troy, I went from never having played softball before to becoming a pitcher, going on to play two years of varsity softball, and earning all tournament awards in both those seasons. And if that's not a testament to what careful mining of talent and skill can do, then I don't know what is. So to my fellow educators or to-be educators out there, I have so much love and respect for the work you're doing. Being in education and teaching is not an easy career, but it's one where you are shaping the minds of the future and creating immense change. And I hope you continue to move the needles in your own way. If you'd like to learn more about Troy and Sewing Change, please visit our website at movingtheneedles.org. If you liked today's episode, please do subscribe to Sewing Change on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
And while you're there, please do give us a review. Our show today would not have been possible without the help of Linda Tran and Fair Pisutisaran. Special thanks also to Judy Chen for designing our podcast cover. My name is Toffee Char, and this is Sewing Change.